听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 Motu Read， 我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文学英语。今天让我们来听美国诗人埃德加·艾伦坡的一句话，中国著名建筑学家林徽因的一首诗歌《秋天这秋天》，以及英国作家爱德华·摩根·福斯特的散文《My Wood》，我的树林的下半部分。Motu Read， 用文字抒发感情。用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote。The scariest monsters are the ones that lurk within our souls. Edgar Allan Poe。最可怕的怪物，其实潜伏在我们的灵魂深处。埃德加·艾伦坡。埃德加·艾伦坡是19世纪美国诗人、小说家和文学评论家，美国浪漫主义思潮时期的重要成员。艾伦坡于1809年出生于马萨诸塞州的波士顿，年幼时父母双亡，随即被弗吉尼亚州李士满的约翰和弗朗西斯·艾伦夫妇收养。在弗吉尼亚大学就读了短暂的一段时间后辍学，之后从军，离开了艾伦夫妇。艾伦坡低调地开始了他的写作生涯，匿名出版了诗集《帖木尔》及其他诗。1835年，他在巴尔的摩和13岁的表妹弗吉尼亚·克莱姆结婚。1838年，《阿瑟·戈登·皮姆的故事》出版，并受到了广泛的关注。1839年的夏天，艾伦坡成为。《伯顿绅士》杂志的助理编辑，在这期间，他发表了随笔、小说和评论，加强了他在南方文学信使工作时期开始确立的敏锐批评家的声誉。同一时期，《怪异故事集》的上下卷在1839年出版。1845年1月，艾伦坡发表诗歌《乌鸦》，一时声誉鹊起。1849年10月7日，艾伦坡在巴尔的摩去世。The scariest monsters are the ones that lurk within our souls. Edgar Allan Poe. 最可怕的怪物，其实潜伏在我们的灵魂深处。埃德加·艾伦坡。More to read. 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉。Poem of the day. Spring, this spring, Lin Huiyin. This is spring. Spring, the wind is still warm. The sun is smiling. 闪着金银
夸耀，他实在无多了的最奢侈的早晚。这里，那里，在这秋天，斑彩错置到各处，山野和枝叶中间，像醉了的蝴蝶，或是珊瑚珠翠，华贵的失散，缤纷降落到地面上。这时候，心得像歌曲，由山泉的水光里闪动，浮出珠墨，溅开山石的喉嗓唱。这时候，满腔的热情全是你的，秋天懂的，秋天懂得那狂放，秋天爱的是那不经意、不轻易的凌乱。但是秋天，这秋天，它撑着梦一般的喜宴，不畏的是你的欢心。他撒开手，一句璎珞，一把落花似的幻变，还为的是那不定的悲哀。归根地结住，在这人生的中心，一阵萧萧的风。起自昨夜西窗的外檐，摇着梧桐树哭。其实，你怀疑着，荷叶还没有残败，小华子停在水流中间。夏夜的细雨夹着虫鸣，还信得过仍然微着，耳朵旁温甜。但是，梧桐叶带来桂花香。已打到灯盏的光前，一切都两样了。他闪一闪说：“只要一夜的风，一夜的幻变，冷雾迷住我的两眼。在这样的深秋里，你又同谁争？现实的背面，是不是现实？荒诞的，国属不可信的虚妄。”一问抵不住简单的残酷，再别要闽西流血的哀惶。趁一次里要认清，造物更是摧毁的工匠。信仰只一系炷香，那点子亮，再经不起西风，沙沙的隔着梧桐树吹。如果你忘不掉，忘不掉。那同听过的鸟啼，同看过的花好，信仰盖在过往的中间安睡。秋天的骄傲是果实，不是萌芽。生命不容你，不献出你积累的心方，交出受过光热的每一层颜色，点点历尽你最难堪的酸创。这时候，切不用哭泣，或是呼唤，更用不着闭上眼祈祷，向着将来的将来，空等盼。只要滴滴的在镜里滴下去，以困倦的头来承受，承受这夜落了的秋天，听风。扯紧了弦索自歌晚，这夜，这夜
着惨的变幻。Autumn day, this autumn day, Lin Huiyin. This is an autumn day, autumn day. The wind should be as well, a lithe fay. The sun still smiles, that smile, gleaming with silver to beguile, the most extravagant while. That he hasn't so many left anyway. Here, there, and on this autumn day, their hues are displaced everywhere, on the hills, and between leaves and twigs, like drunk butterflies, or corals, pearls, the dispersed glare that keep fluttering aground. Now. My heart is like an air that, in the glimmering of a spring, does flare. Foams emerging splashed, and the boulders sing. And now expressed is the pathos in my chest. That is all yours. The autumn day knows. The autumn day knows the unruliness. The autumn day loves the thoughtlessness, the thoughtless mess. But autumn day, this autumn day, he holds a feast fabulously gay. Not for your delight, he throws out a handful of pearls bright, a palm of change. Like flowers fallen, and just for that uncertain sadness, ultimately tied to the centre of human life, a wind started to sigh from outside the west window last night, and swayed the parasol tree to cry. In the beginning, you were doubtful. The lotus leaves had not faded, the yacht stopping amid the ripples. The whisper in the summer night did hear, the cheap, with confidence clinging, to the sweetness by the ear. But the parasol leaves brought cassia balm here, before the light of the lamp. All having changed, he said with. Glimmering eyes, give me just one night's wind, one night's change. The cold mist blinded my two eyes in the deep autumn, as such. With whom did you struggle? Opposite the reality, is that reality an absurd, really unbelievable, non-reality? A doubt cannot counteract simple cruelty. Don't pity the bleeding morning any more, but once for all realize that the Creator is more a destroyer. Belief is but a thin stick of incense that tiny.
glow cannot stand a zephyr that sighs against the parasol tree. If you cannot forget, cannot forget the chirp we heard together, the flowers we saw together, belief should sleep amid coming and going. The pride of autumn is fruit, not burgeoning. Life does not tolerate you if you do not offer your accumulated fragrance or hand out every layer of heated color of yours. Bit by bit, you deplete your most embarrassed grievance. Now, don't you weep or shout, ne'er, nor pray with your closed eyes, looking vacantly to the future of future. But lower your tired head in the calmness there, lower and lower to bear, to bear the autumn when leaves have fallen, listening to wind hauling the string elegiac tonight, tonight, this change so tragic.刚才听到的诗歌《秋天》这秋天，Autumn Day 是中国现代文化史上的杰出女性她于一九零四年出生于浙江杭州一九二零年随父亲林长明赴欧洲游历一九二三年参加新月社活动一年后留学美国乳宾西法尼亚大学美术学院选修建筑系课程或美术学士学
。而中国的读者呢，大多是通过《看得见风景的房间》和《莫里斯》认识了福斯特。好，下面就让我们继续来读爱德华·摩根·福斯特所写的文章《My Wood》，我的树林的下半部分。中文版本由贾丽萍翻译。My Wood。By Edward Morgan Foster. 我的树林，爱德华·摩根·福斯特。In the third place, property makes its owner feel that he ought to do something to it, yet he isn't sure what. A restlessness comes over him, a vague sense that he has a personality to express, the same sense which, without any vagueness, leads the artist to an act of creation. Sometimes I think I will cut down such trees as remain in the wood. At other times, I want to fill up the gaps between them with new trees. Both impulses are pretentious and empty. They are not honest movements towards money-making or beauty. They spring from a foolish desire to express myself and from an inability to enjoy what I have got. Third. 财产会让所有者感觉到他应该对他做点什么，但又不知道做什么好，心里就会不安起来，迷迷糊糊的感觉到要张扬一下个性，而艺术家会跟着这种张扬个性的感觉走，激发创造灵感，只是这种感觉是清清楚楚的。有时想把树林里还留着的树砍掉，有时又想在树林空处再栽上几棵树。这两种冲动都是矫揉造作、空穴来风，既不能赚钱，又不能美化环境，没有实际意义。这两种冲动都源于想张扬自己的愚蠢的欲望，还有对如何享受所拥有的财产的无能。Creation, property, enjoyment form a sinister trinity in the human mind. Creation and enjoyment are both very, very good, yet they are often unattainable without a material basis. And at such moments, property pushes itself in as a substitute, saying, "Accept me instead. I'm good enough for all three." It is not enough. It is, as Shakespeare said of lust, the expense of spirit in a waste of shame. It is. Before a joy proposed, behind a dream. 这样，创造、财产、享受在人类头脑中形成了邪恶的三位一体。创造和享受本无可厚非，但如果没有物质基础，就无从谈起。这时候，财产闯了进来，企图取代他们，声称：“还是要我吧，一个就够了。”可以一个顶三个，其实不然。莎士比亚曾把贪欲描述为把精力浪费在不必要的自惭形秽上。他事前是精心设计的快乐，事后是昙花一现的梦境。Yet we don't know how to shun it. It is forced on us by our economic system as the alternative to starvation. It is also forced on us by an internal defect in the soul, by the feeling that in property may lie the germs of self-development and of exquisite or heroic deeds. Our life on earth is and ought to be material and carnal. 
but we have not yet learned to manage our materialism and carnality properly. They're still entangled with the desire for ownership, where, in the words of Dante, possession is one with loss. 然而，我们却不知如何躲避财产。我们的经济制度迫使我们选择财产而不是饥饿。我们内心的缺陷也迫使我们觉得，自我完善、优雅或英雄举止的培养有赖于财产。人生在世，本来也应该是物质的、世俗的，但是我们却不知道如何恰当掌控我们的物质主义和世俗性，仍然将其与占有欲。混为一谈，而占有欲是有代价的。但丁说 ，And this brings us to our fourth and final point: the blackberries. Blackberries are not plentiful in this meager grove, but they are easily seen from the public footpath which traverses it, and all too easily gathered. Foxgloves too. People pull up their foxgloves, and ladies of an educational tendency even grub for toadstools to show them on Monday in class. Other ladies, less educated, roll down the bracken in the arms of their gentlemen friends. There is paper, there are tins. Pray, does my wood belong to me, or doesn't it? And if it does, should I not own it best by allowing no one else to walk there? 接下来是第四点，也是最后一点，谈谈黑莓问题。这片小树林黑莓不多，但是从穿过树林的那条小路上，很容易就能看到，也就更方便采摘了。还有毛地黄，毛地黄也会有人来拔。有喜欢传道授业的女士，甚至会挖伞菌，好在周一上课时给人看。那些素质不高的女士倚在男友的怀里，把地上的欧洲蕨踩得乱七八糟，还有乱扔的废纸、罐头盒。天哪，这到底是我的树林还是别人的？是不是只有不让人进来才算是真正的主人 ？There is a wood near Lyme Regis, also cursed by a public footpath, where the owner has not hesitated on this point. He has built high stone walls each side of the path, and has spanned it by bridges, so that the public circulate like termites, while he gorges on the blackberries unseen. He really does own his wood. This able chap, dives in hell did pretty well, but the gulf dividing him from Lazarus could be traversed by vision, and nothing traverses it here. And perhaps I shall come to this in time. I shall wall in and fence out until I really taste the sweets of property. 莱姆里吉斯附近有个树林，也有一条公共通道，而主人在这一点上毫不犹豫。他在路的两旁垒起了高高的石墙，石墙上架了几座桥，这样。众人如白蚁般穿行时，主人就可以在林子里偷偷地把黑莓消灭掉。这家伙太厉害了，这才叫真正拥有林子呢。圣经里的那个财主在地狱里表现挺好，穿过分割他与拉萨路的鸿沟，能用肉眼看到另一边的一切，而这里什么也看不见。也许到时候我也会来这一招。垒墙围栅
美美的享受财产。I would, by Edward Morgan Foster. In the third place, property makes its owner feel that he ought to do something to it, yet he isn't sure what. A restlessness comes over him, a vague sense that he has a personality to express, the same sense which, without any vagueness, leads the artist to an act of creation. Sometimes I think. I will cut down such trees as remain in the wood. At other times, I want to fill up the gaps between them with new trees. Both impulses are pretentious and empty. They are not honest movements towards money-making or beauty. They spring from a foolish desire to express myself and from an inability to enjoy what I have got. Creation. Property, enjoyment form a sinister trinity in the human mind. Creation and enjoyment are both very, very good, yet they are often unattainable without a material basis. And at such moments, property pushes itself in as a substitute, saying, "Accept me instead. I'm good enough for all three." It is not enough. It is, as Shakespeare said of lust. The expense or spirit in a waste of shame. It is before a joy proposed, behind a dream. Yet we don't know how to shun it. It is forced on us by our economic system as the alternative to starvation. It is also forced on us by an internal defect in the soul, by the feeling that in property may lie the germs of self-development and of exquisite or heroic deeds. Our life on earth is and ought to be material and carnal, but we have not yet learned to manage our materialism and carnality properly. They are still entangled with the desire for ownership, where, in the words of Dante, possession is one with loss. And this brings us to our fourth and final point: the blackberries. Blackberries are not plentiful in this meager grove. But they are easily seen from the public footpath, which traverses it, and all too easily gathered. Foxgloves too. People pull up the foxgloves, and ladies of an educational tendency even grub for toadstools to show them on Monday in class. Other ladies, less educated, row down the bracken in the arms of their gentlemen friends. There is paper. There are tins. Pray, does my wood belong to me, or doesn't it? And if it does, should I not own it best by allowing no one else to walk there? There is a wood near Lime Regis, also cursed by a public footpath, where the owner has not hesitated on this point. He has built high stone walls each side of the path, and has spanned it by bridges. So that the public circulate like termites, while he gorges on the blackberries unseen. He really does own his wood. This able chap dives in hell did pretty well, but the gulf dividing him from Lazarus could be traversed by vision, and nothing traverses it here. And perhaps I shall come to this in time. 
I shall wall in and fence out until I really taste the sweets of property. Today's program is over. Thank you for listening. I'm Shen Ting. We'll see you next time.